Folks, if you love Mega like we think you do, do us a small favor. Join the Patreon. It's the number one way to support a small podcast like ours. The year we had was, well, I wouldn't say we didn't get our asses kicked with strikes and podcasting budgets getting slashed. So why not just head over and give it a try? You can do a free trial on Patreon. If that's not in your plan, at the very least, share your favorite episode of Mega with a friend and leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'd love to keep going, and we can't do it without you. Thanks. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are I'm Hallie Laban, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we give our mega church a tiny family feel. Each week we introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community. Oh, you're going to be so blessed by them. We have a great guest today. It is a treat and it is a treasure. Well, per usual. I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Savage and sanctified. Hallie, how are you? Awesome. I am so blessed. How are you doing? What's going on with you, Gray? Huge news, Hallie. What? uh, This is all about my personal life, but (gasps) I am dating again. Oh my gosh, you're not too (laughs) busy? I'm not too busy for this one, I am telling you. Well, after Minga and, you know, whatever happened with that shark and um, after um, you got dumped by Buca de Beppo. Uh, Becky de Beppo. Well, well, who's the new gal? Hallie. Her name is Jen Hatmaker. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love Jen Haymaker. She's got a podcast. She's an author. She did your big family reno on HGTV. I know. It is really, really exciting. I kind (laughs) of can't believe it myself. I do have to be honest. I was so sad about her divorce. Well, yeah, we all were. And you know what? I talked to her about that right on the first date and I confronted her about it and how I didn't love that. But, you know, then she showed me how many Instagram followers she had and I got distracted. I forgot to bring it up. (gasps) A lot. Huh? Yeah, totally. Oh, this I'm like a is 
thrilling. And you know, is she is she a little bit older than you, or quite yeah, a bit older is. than yeah, you? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's forty seven. But Ooh. Hallie, you know, she looks like Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. She's got personality, which is something I don't usually look for in a lady. But it's been really fun. <laughs> What did you do on your first day? Well, she flew me first class to see Wicked on Broadway. (laughs) And let me tell you, Broadway is back. I'm so happy about that, even though I never really cared before. And then we went to a hat making class and each made each other a special hat for the occasion just to commemorate it before we flew back. Oh, is so is that the one that you're wearing right there? Yeah, isn't it fun? Kind of a big feather and stuff. It's yeah. big. I know. It's a hat maker original. It's a lot. I know. I might sell it on eBay. Anyway, Hallie, how was your weekend? Oh man, I had an awesome conversation with my son Day about Jesus. Really? It was so cool. I can't believe he's interested in that conversation. Yeah, I really did bust my socks off. Hit my Sunday, he was telling me about all these different teachers that have influenced world religions, and he was saying that they're all disruptors. You know, that to influence big groups, you really got to have to set yourself apart as a disruptor, and you got to have your thing, you know? And he said, Jesus was a disruptor. And I said, Oh, I like that. Oh, you know, I, I like that. I say that to my kids Jesus. all the time. I say, Jesus was the first influencer. Oh, that's so. Cool. And they love that. Any hoodles. It's because they got some audible book about the different teachers that have founded world religions. Do you know about all that stuff? No, I it don't. It made me feel kind of threatened. Like, Day, what do you need to know about Judaism or Islam? You know, it's probably best if we just avert our eyes. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. You know, like you do when somebody trips or when someone's in a bathing suit. You just need to know enough to know that they're not the ones. But Day wants to know all this stuff. And I says, you know what, Day? I'm so confident in Jesus that I'm not worried about you being curious about all these other made-up false religions and stuff. So I asked him about it, and I can't remember all of what he was saying, but he was telling me, you know, Mom, well, like there's Buddha. He wanted folks to disrupt their metaphysics. And I, I said, Gazantite. And he said Krishna's thing was that he told Z. folks not to trust institutions and give up their identities. And I was like... How's that supposed to help anybody? And I go, so Day, what would you say was Jesus' thing? Like, how would you describe Jesus? And Day goes, well, forgiveness and compassion. Okay. And I was like, that is so awesome. Yes, good. And it just makes it clear why our religion is right and the other ones are all wrong. And then we've got the best one and we disrupt with forgiveness and compassion. Yes, I'm just so glad he's picking up uh, what, you know, Jesus was laying down. You're really teaching him, Gray. Uh, you yes. know, he, well, what Day said was he goes, well, Ma, Jesus was trying to teach us, but honestly, the people who listened to Jesus when he was talking about it, they just couldn't get on board with him. And I said, oh, no. And they explained to me that um, as humankind was sort of transitioning from being a tribal species to being a, I don't know, organized industrial organization, you know, that like civilization, unlike tribal life, has to be about getting along with each other. So Jesus' thing was that he was like, okay, let's not be bad to each other. Let's not be suspicious of each other. Let's love each other. Let's find ways to get along and live in a society with grace and, you know, forgiveness and compassion. Whatever it takes, Hallie, honestly, at this point, if he said, I need a personal pan pizza to get on board with Jesus, I'll buy 
quiet for him. So, I mean, just whatever he needs to hear. Oh, that sounds so good. And I says, Dan, I don't understand why everybody wouldn't get on board with that immediately. I mean, you're basically describing the Republican Party right now when you're talking about Jesus' highest values, coming together, getting along, forgiveness and compassion and understanding and helping each other. But Dan goes, no, Mom, the only time Jesus really described his true feelings was the very first time he spoke. He comes out onto the scene and he he, um, gives a lecture called the Sermon on the Mount. Right, one of the best, a banger. And, you know, and, and he opens up with, you know, bless. That are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Also sounds like the Republican Party. Exactly. But I guess Jesus was saying that people were sort of getting off on the wrong foot, you know, in terms of us living in a civilization. They were emulating wealth and fame. And Jesus was like, no, no, that's the opposite of what you should be doing. It's actually the losers. Um, losers? The, the losers are the people we should be like. They're uh, the ones who have the truth. And Jesus was saying, be like them. You know, don't try to numb your strange feelings of sadness and all that, you know, but like allow yourself to go through the dark night of the soul and you'll learn that that is the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is yours now. And evidently, everybody who listened to his message about becoming poor in spirit, you know, they just didn't believe him or they listened to him, but didn't hear it. So pretty quickly after the Sermon on the Mount, evidently Jesus stopped telling people what he believed and what he knew, and he only spoke in parables after that. It's like he sent out a test balloon for Christianity. It didn't fly, and he realized, well, this doesn't work. They don't hear me at all, so I'm just going to start telling them stories from now on. Isn't that neat? Hey, Hallie, look, um, sorry, I wasn't paying attention for a second. Look on Jen's Instagram. Do you think, do you like these highlights she just got in her hair? Ooh, Isn't that, that nice? Good. Yeah, she looks so good. She's so cute. Gray, I think you got a crush. Uh, I know, I do. I think this one is really going to work out well. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, You will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. 
I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the Medical Medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Just like Jesus paired fishes with loaves of bread, our guest today, she pairs up Christian singles. She's she's somewhat of a pro matchmaker. It's Miss Karen Kitchens. Hi. 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 Karen. Hi. It's so nice to see you. And you are one of the busiest people around this building. I will tell you that. Me? Busy? No, I'm just carrying all these binders. Oh, my gosh. Of course I'm busy. Hello. I know. And are those binders full of women? Because I've always I thought I thought that that is, you know, what one says women, one says men. So you've got uh, you've got us in kind of a small one for the guys. What What's going on with those binders? Well, I have, I will tell you everything you could possibly want to know about all of our single friends, oh. brothers and sisters in this church. Amazing. Oh. Just a dossier on every one of them. I know. And I just want to say, I'm so glad to see that it's just men and it's just women because anything beyond that, I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I don't like feeling wrong and dumb. So I just say, I, I don't follow any of that stuff. As soon as someone tries to tell me any new information about the world, I hear white noise screaming. See? So I totally understand and relate to that. Oh, you get it. And you know what? I'm not opposed to white noise. I'm a fan sleeper. Are you a silent sleeper or a fan sleeper? No, I need to fall asleep to episodes of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, just old, like Just the first couple seasons, blaring. Oh, just the good ones. That's so great. Yeah. Before oh. they started opening it up to the ladies. Mm -hmm. I yeah, that one good-looking yeah. tall guy, he can do anything. Oh, he's awesome. That black guy is so funny. He's so good at singing. And I'll tell you something. Hand, I would marry all of them. Oh, that, my right? goodness. And they... you would laugh constantly. Yeah. You'd laugh constantly. You'd laugh constantly. Now, you might have to get them saved. I don't know. Are they Christians? They kind of give off that vibe, don't they? They do dress like it. They dress so nice. Oh, I know. Especially in the early years. I always like it. Any Anytime you see some khakis like that, you you probably can assume they love Jesus. Khakis three times too big and very shiny. I know you're close to God. See? <laughs> well, I just wonder, are there enough episodes for you to really filter through them for your sleep hours, you know? Yeah, I do a lot of repeats. I hear the same jokes over and over, but it's like listening to a song that you love. It's the rhythm of it. I'll tell you something else. That is so great. So, Karen, I do want to ask, what is it about matchmaking that you re that really drew you in? And, and, and how did you know that that was your calling and that you were so good at it? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, as you know, I have set up over 40 couples wow. within the church. Wow. Amazing. 40 of them got married. 35 didn't work out, but five of them are still together, which is, to me, 
Success. Success. I mean, those are five godly marriages. And that is 40 over the course of how many years? About six years. Okay. Um, that's when I started. And then I haven't become the official matchmaker until about seven months ago. But before that, I was just on the ground making it happen. So you are on staff now. I am. It is incredible. Well, I'm on staff, but there was an empty office, and that's where I put my stuff down. Okay. Yeah, and I see you at the staff meetings. Yeah. yeah. I like to show up. If I'm there, I'm there. I mean, have they given you an email or anything like that, or are you just still using your Gmail? Uh, I use my Gmail, uh, but... I think over time, if I'm confident enough and I keep showing up, yeah. and if I keep eating other people's birthday cake when it's their birthday, uh-huh. I'm going to be slowly folded in as a full-time staff member. You'll get a Twin Hills account. That's so cool. So walk us through what it looks like when you actually put two people together. How does that work? So this all started when I was trying to find a match for myself. Oh. And I went, I don't want to go into this blind. I'm going to do some research, right. okay? And so I just started following, photographing, digging through the trash of all the men in our church. Because that's how you get to know someone. I don't want to know the front they're putting out. Because when I see them on a Sunday, everyone's their best selves. They smell good. They look nice. And I want to get down to what is real. And when I was doing that, I started to notice, wait, this guy might be pretty good for my friend. He's got such and such in his trash. Yeah. My friend also has the same, eats the same pizza rolls as him. Ooh. Maybe they maybe they could get together. And so I, that's sort of my process now for other people. Is People, sometimes they say yes. And sometimes I just have to take the initiative myself. I'll follow them around. I'll dig about their trash like a little raccoon and I find what I need to find and then I set them up together. So digging, That's okay, awesome. so you're actually digging through the physical trash. I guess I thought that was like, you know, just one of those things like I kind of dug through his trash, but you're really going into the physical trash. Mm-hmm. And now I wear gloves because the emergency room was like, Karen, no more coming in here with needles in your arms. Oh. I go in and I'd have tons of needles sting- things sticking out. Oh, I have no. had rashes that no one's ever heard of. Or seen before. Oh, no. So you start with the trash, and that's where you really get the, the, the sense of someone. Mm-hmm. You, you learn what they're trying to hide, what they're trying to get rid of. Amazing. And then and then from the trash, you're going, okay, this one would be good with this one, this one would be good with that one. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then it also gives me a little bit of gossip, which I'm not saying I use that as currency, but I am saying it helps uh, bridge the gap between me and someone else. I see. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, I bet you find juicy stuff. I'm trying to think of the stuff I throw away. Well, um... I'm not saying I've dug through both of your trashes, but hypothetically, if I had, I would maybe be able to tell you a little something about what I found. Well, we probably don't need to get into that. Anyway, so what I would love to know, uh, Karen, is once you've kind of uh, figured out, okay, let's say Bobby's good with Janie or, you know, Mikey's good. No, they were not good together. Oh, Oh, I could see Bobby and Janie were a disaster. I, like you, thought that they would be. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. Right. They hit each other's cars in the parking lot on purpose. Were you there that week? I heard about that. I, I heard about, hear that. about that. This is Bobby Morgahan, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's got anger issues, I think. And, you know, peanut butter and jelly, you know, in Australia, we don't put those together. They're considered nasty. Oh, is that right? Oh, no, we would never put peanut butter with jelly. That's like putting, you know, uh, mayonnaise with uh, turkey or something. You're not going to dip your biggie fry into your frosting? Oh, no, Hallie, we would never do that. You got to mix your sweet and savories. It's un- it's, it's it's kind of unexpected. No, it's the a taste little profile delight in your is mouth. really different in Australia. We just have a different way of doing things. Oh. Let me put this in terms that you'll understand. I thought they'd go together like Vegemite and kangaroos. There we go. Shane knows a little bit of something about where I'm from. So what you do is you put these folks together and are you going like, like how do you actually set them up? Are you just kind of going, hey, he likes you, she might like you? Are are you doing it on the sly or is it more that that you're doing something more formal and official? Well, I wish I could just say, hey, you two should get together. But people like a fun love story. Totally. So I'll set up an entire elaborate meet-cute for them to come together. I love that. Just like a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. a meat cute. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll have it so, like, I'll cut one of their brakes, right? Or I'll put, I'll take the air out of one of their tires, oh. and then I'll wait. I'll like look up the weather and I go, it's raining that day, okay? And then so one of them will be like, uh, my car's not not starting. I just 
tried to leave the parking lot and I ran right into a pole. Could you give me a ride somewhere? Wow. That is cute. I mean, I mean cutting the brakes, that yeah, is cute. You work tirelessly in this effort. This is exciting. And do they ever, you know, do they ever go like, hey, who is this lady kind of scurrying around doing all these things? Or do you really keep yourself hidden? I have been reported multiple times. And once I explain myself, people seem to be okay with it. But yeah, I do. I dress like a little raccoon again, just like I wear a little mask on my face. I dig about, I cut the brakes. And a lot of times it, I get in trouble. But once I tell them that it's for love, then they don't seem to be as upset. Oh, it is so fun because every time you say something that I think is just you say, you know, kind of comparing yourself, like I'm like a raccoon digging through the trash. I, I don't realize that you're literally dressing up like a raccoon and digging through the trash. You know, I always kind of think that's just some a, a turn of phrase. So that is that is interesting. I love raccoons. I think they're cute. They're so cute. And what? You're going to call the church? You're going to call the police and say, there's a lady from my church digging through my trash? No, you'll go. You'll call animal control. That's what they call. They go, there's a big ass raccoon in my backyard. And it's me. I'm the raccoon. And all you have to say is, I'm on a ministry, uh, I'm on a ministry mission for the church right now, you know? And uh, it, you can say anything. You can be like, I'm, I'm trying to get some um, topics for, you know, like real relevant, you know, teaching tools on a weekend service. You can say anything. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we don't even have to pay taxes just because the church can, we can say anything. You I know, know what you I mean? Really can, you know, we call it the mission umbrella. And really, what you, whatever you put under the umbrella really can be a write-off or, you know, just justified. Now, I was going to ask you, because you're talking about digging through the trash, and I was wondering if a modern day version of that is checking out people's social medias because I was in the fair what um, people's social medias oh the internet yeah you're not you're like the second or third person who told me I should check that out because yeah isn't most dating done now on the internet sort well, of mat, like match.com and the things whole like next that ge- for sure and the whole next generation I was in the food court with my girls the other day one of my daughters works at lids at the mall if you ever need a good ball cap but I was picking her up from work and I says let's get some nuggets at Chick-fil-a in the food court we're sitting there and um, some of my girlfriend it's my two daughters some girls walked up and they were introducing themselves and everything as soon as the girls walked away both my daughters got on their phones and just started going over the girls' social medias, just looking them up like, what are they do on TikTok? What are they do on other? And I said, well, if somebody was looking on my social medias to see, you know, what's in my trash, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they would get a good idea of who I am. You know, I'm not posting, you know, stuff. But I guess now this is how the new generation digs on each other. They check out each other's stuff online. Well, I'm going to have to go to the library and use the computer. Oh, oh yeah, have you, you can have for you free. Have you not used the internet before? Well, I have an email, and that's, I thought that was it. Oh, there's a, actually a lot. There's quite a bit more now. Yeah, and maybe that could be like your bow and arrow if you're Cupid, you know? The internet could be your bow and arrow that you really, like, poke people with when you're getting them to fall in love with each other. And, I mean, I guess I have to ask, you said that the whole reason you got into matchmaking is because you were looking for a match yourself. Mm. Tell us a little bit of something about Mr. Right. Well, I would love to meet him. Oh, and no, it didn't happen yet. I'm keeping an eye out, yeah. and that's for sure. Yeah, you are. I feel a little self-conscious now with my big old binders. I'm feeling a little like a dinosaur over here. Um, I, well, it's, but, is there anyone yeah. in that man binder that ever, you know, caught your eye? Turned your little pupils into heart shapes? Well, there were a few, but then they'd go, I recognize you from my camera, my garage camera. Have you been digging through my trash? And that sort of cuts it off at the legs. But yeah. um, how about you look through these binders and then you let me know if you think okay. um, somebody would look cute here. with you. Okay. Because yeah. you're a really beautiful lady. Oh, God. Yeah, you really are. No, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> well, you don't look it. And I feel like that's really all guys care about. You know, it doesn't really matter your personality, your visions, your dreams, the way you express yourself, how you walk around in the world. To them, it really is just like that um, that that shell that you're in. They're really attracted to your, your shell. I know, I totally. Say. You look good for your age. What are you, you probably sick. 60, but you don't look more than 55. Well, I'm 42. Oh, no. Um, 
But that is still young. That is still young. 42 is you don't have one foot in the grave, one foot on a banana peel quite yet. Is it, Hallie? I don't know. 40. I think after 40, we wouldn't call it young. But I think it, I think we would still say this possibility. I know. Well, you're supposed to just say, you know, Kylie Minogue, you know, like that. Oh, yeah. Well, and then but, everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's 41. Well, think about Shadowlands. You know, C.S. Lewis was a very old man when he found that young and beautiful lady. So, you know, maybe you could do sort of like a reverse C.S. Lewis. Yeah, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. And the raccoon. And maybe, Karen, you just need to set your sights on some older fellas. And then that way you'll be the young sprite one, you know? Well, I've tried. Um, I also am the matchmaker for our elderly community. Uh, and they don't seem too interested in me. Oh, no. Um, but that's okay. They're sort of like similar to you. They go, you must be 60. And when I tell them I'm 42, then they're going to, they go, what are you going to look like at 60? My God. Yeah. The problem with old people is they just say what they mean. And I know. It's not I nice. hate that about them. Yeah. You know, uh, something that I would love to, you know, maybe we could flip through a binder here because I'm looking, wow, there, there are a lot of, you know, young, really attractive guys here in the, the first few pages. And then I guess I'm looking here and it, and it looks like, well, this is all one guy named Scott T. Sullivan. Oh, he's cute. And I'm just kind of wondering, is that it just kind of seems huh. like there's a lot yeah, there's of a, lot, a lot of pages on Scott T. Sullivan. I'm not even. Let me see that. Weird. I might have just got hit, brought his binder by accident. Oh yeah. I guess sometimes I will dig down, uh, really far into someone okay. because I go like, I want to have a real understanding, and I just went, "You have so much potential. Let me follow you around for a bit." Yeah, because it seems because like, there's kind of a timestamp here with where he goes and when he goes there. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems like yeah, he works at Norelco. He leaves oh, his wow. house at 6:58 every morning. Every morning. He goes yeah. to the early gym. riser. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and these are some photographs taken from, looks like they kind of taken from behind a trash can. Candids. Yeah. You can so, see my little raccoon. Yeah, these are little... Arm. So... You know what? Uh, these are about... Uh, you know, okay. Let's just... He's... I mean, he looks like Ryan Styles, okay? Oh, yeah, he, he does. He really does. He's <laughs> yeah. kind of Ryan Styles, but... Um, Which is... Now I'm thinking right now, happens to be my big TV crush. So oh, that's sort of a weird coincidence. I know, he's kind of like short, chubby Ryan Styles. Yeah, you can see that. And I got to hand it to you, Karen. I like that you're going and printing pictures. I don't even... Who does that anymore? How are you printing up all these pictures? You going down to Walgreens? I'm going down to Walgreens. It takes upwards of seven weeks. It's $100 per roll. Oh, it's not wow. like it was in the early 2000s when you could walk into a one-hour photo. Yeah. It is tedious. Yeah. But worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking, you guys, this is so weird. This is such a random coincidence. You guys kind of know Scott. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott is actually part of a group that uh, you know, one of the small groups that I sometimes dip in and out of, which is which is great. It's kind of like a bunch of young, cool, single guys. Uh, huh. He seems he seems great. Um, definitely, you know, definitely looks. I, when I see him, I'm like, that's a short, chubby Ryan Styles. And um, I've said that to his face, and he says I get that all the time. And he said, you know, which is kind of surprising because he is Pacific Islander, so he doesn't even really, you know, look like Ryan Styles, but. Um, he, he says a lot of people say that it must be his energy. But he moves like Ryan. He Styles. does. He really oh, does. And anytime I, he speaks or moves. Anytime he speaks and moves, you just like that's Ryan Styles. And then he stops and he's still, and you're like, well, this is kind of a Samoan guy that uh, is is clearly kind of his own thing. But, oh, he's so sexy. It's just so sexy um, for someone else, of course. Whoever match I find for him, is he single? Oh, totally. Yeah, he is single, and um, and he's a Christ follower. Oh, totally, Hallie. He's a great guy, great looking guy. I mean, he's a he's a guy that has a look. You know, is what what I would say. I mean, have you ever just approached? him and said maybe you know because here's what i don't like is ladies who are asking guys out on dates but i love it when ladies present themselves as available because i think as christians when you're a lady and you're going hey i want a date i want a date please 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 if it, it just feels a bit loose mm. but what i but what i think we've been taught and what we learn is that you know a lady that is available will make herself known in a really classy way and i think maybe if you did that maybe there is some maybe energy with scott if you pray about it yeah i absolutely would not emasculate him by telling the truth i would not be caught dead doing that to a man um but 
And I'm not saying I am interested in him. Oh, okay. But if I, as my a professional, if I were to set him up with someone, I'd maybe set him up with a lady who has striped gray and black hair, okay. who's sort of the same height as me, okay. um, who's maybe like 42 but looks about 60. Okay. Um, so you are kind of describing yourself there. If, I, I'm just going to go back to you that you are kind of naming these things that are really similar to you, actually. Oh, yeah. I guess I do think he would look good with someone who has kind of raccoonish hair. That is weird. Yeah. I mean, as a as a matchmaking expert, what is it that gets in the way of love? Or conversely, or whatever that word means, or transversely, or whatnot, what uh, assists people in falling in love? Like, what are the tricks, you know, like in Roxanne or Cyrano de Berge? You know, when you're whispering in a girl's... Because a girl will go for anybody. She'll take any old uggo. I mean, it doesn't matter if he is unattractive, even disgusting, if he's a nerd or if he's a turd. A girl is going to be like, you know what? I can see that. The beautiful side of him inside and you know girls will give a lot of you know it's a, it's a wide blanket of grace you know whereas um a girl it just has to be attractive you know that's just it that's that's all you can do the advice i give to girls is i go do not sneeze okay. do not burp uh-huh. do not fart solid one gross moment uh-huh can send him packing his bags out the door yeah. the oh, moment yeah. you are human at him mm-hmm. in front of him yeah. near him mm-hmm. as you know i don't know if you remember grace Grace and Charlie were engaged. They uh, were dating. Yeah, he could hear her fart one time from the other room, oh, and no. he moved out of the country. I hate that. Yeah, he, he, you don't want your you don't want your fella to th- think he's in a sorority. You know what I mean? You want him to think he's with um. Catherine Hepburn uh-huh. or Scarlett Johansson. Right, Catherine Hepburn. That's a perfect example. One of those ladies that you're like, she belongs with a man. Also, she looks like that's not a body that's going to produce gas. You know, like like it's just a little valve. Like it's just a little gas. You're gonna make valve. Greg stand up and walk right out the room well, and I leave the you... country. Well, I can't leave the country right now because. <laughs> okay, so one thing getting in the way of love is females having a physical body. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Any other barriers to love? Well, obviously. Sleep. Men need to put God first that's and right. then their wife. That's well, right. God, their boys, and then their wife. Because mm. that's what makes them happy. Yeah. Because straight men, the only thing they love more than their wife is their boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got to continue to prioritize going to get drinks with their boys, bowling with their boys, hanging out with their boys. It's mm-hmm. totally true. Mm-hmm. It makes for a very happy marriage that feels very, very balanced. And this is the advice I gave all 40 couples I set up. Again, five of them still to get success so great so it really seems like and, and this is not a critique as much as an observation but it just seems like a lot of your focus at least when i look at through these binders it seems like you've got scott t sullivan you've got a few guys and you've got scott t sullivan and then i'm looking through these lady binders and binders full of women and you've got a few ladies up front here and then a lot of stuff kind of about yourself i don't know if this is what i would consider a biography or a memoir or just something like that but kind of just seems like the lion's share of the work here is about scott and you and i don't know if you've even thought about this but Maybe you guys could even be a match one day. Well, that's crazy. I would call it a historical fiction memoir autobiography. Is That that would be my technical term for the second half of this book. Okay, a lot of words. Just like to insert myself into that. Anyways, um, I, I think, here's the thing. I've dug through my own trash, Ooh, okay? Yeah. I've raccooned in my backyard. And I... And I go, what if Scott doesn't like what he sees? What if he doesn't like my trash can uh-huh. full of secrets? Right. If you're digging through baggage. your own backyard in a raccoon suit, I'm, yeah, and it's probably a great question to ask. What if Scott sees this? And what if he doesn't like what he sees? Mm-hmm. And right. then I have to see him every day, and then I have to set him up with someone else eventually. I just say, let me just lust over Ryan Styles in peace, and I won't have to get hurt. 
Well, it's a really vulnerable thing to put yourself out there. And I hear fellas say this all the time is it's so scary to ask a girl out on a date because the rejection would just be crushing. And, you know, we've raised all of these boys in our culture to believe that they have an inevitable place in the hierarchy and women are just lucky to be here and not murdered. And, um, you know, so these guys, they think, well, you know, everything belongs to me. I have a right to everything. And then a girl goes, uh, I don't think so. I have a boyfriend right now or whatever. And then, you know, the next thing you know, he's writing a manifesto and, um, you know, he's going to be the new Unabomber because he got rejected. I mean, how, uh, what is a woman's responsibility to take care of all of the feelings and experiences that the men in her life are having around her? Yeah, I'd say uh, the secret to that, um, because she definitely falls on the woman. It's her responsibility, especially here in the church. When I hear about that not like happening outside of the church, relationships that are like a 50-50 balance, again, the white noise goes off my head because I'm like, (laughs) yikes. Uh Um, So I just say, stay numb, ladies. Yes. Stay numb. Oh, that sounds exquisite. And yes, it'll make you look 20 years older than you actually are. Oh, is that right? Yes. I have been taking care of men my whole life. And that is why I look like I am 62 at 42. Oh, that makes sense. That checks out. It checks out. And men really do just need to replace a mother with a wife. Isn't that right? Somebody to clean up after them and make sure there's stuff in the fridge and explain to them, you know, like how a fitted sheet works and stuff. Although they probably don't need to know that. But I wanted to ask you, Karen, um... Why is it that the God of the universe is so obsessed with our marriage certificates and about us like really settling down in these monogamous, God-honoring, committed marriage relationships? Well, like everything that God does, marriage is a test. Oh. It's like putting frogs in water and boiling them. Okay. Interesting. I mean, they say statistically a female who's married to a man has a shorter life expectancy where transversely a man who's married to a woman, his life expectancy expands. And it makes me wonder if these gals who get together like Glenn and Doyle and Abby Wamscans. I look at their Instagram four times a day just to check. Are we allowed to do that? I've always wanted to know. Am I allowed to look at Glenn and Doyle's Instagram? No. Okay. I I figured. I figured. And it's just to judge, not to live with a jealousy of a thousand sons. Got it. I got That's it. That's what it, that, if you look at it, you go, bleh, bleh yeah. a terrible life yeah. with a loving family that seems to have finally figured it out. They're living untamed. They're living authentically. Right. Blech. Right. And well, and I wonder, hey, gals, because you cut the man out of your marriage uh, and you might both now live 20 years longer and look 20 years younger. Like, do you really want that? Like, I want to get to heaven as soon as I can. Exactly. And I want to just be with a man who says, I'll babysit our kids tonight. You're welcome. Oh, that's that's awesome. what will make me feel like an authentic woman. Right. And, you know, uh, you, you better hurry up because, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if kids are going to be in the playbook yet or you know what I mean. So you've talked to my OBGYN. She told you it was dust. Who, she told you it was dust. And she told me that she wouldn't tell it, anyone. Is your uterus disintegrating already? It's dust. She oh, looked inside me and she oh said it's full no. dust. Oh, I, I mean, oh, I was just kind of no. guessing because of the age things. Hey, you know what? What I would, would say, Karen, and I'm happy to do this. And I don't really put myself out there like this a lot for people because I just kind of like to stay out of it when it comes to dating stuff. I'm pretty busy. But what I would say is, you know, the next time I see Scotty Sullivan, I'm totally down to, you know, bring... <laughs> Okay. Well, oh my goodness! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Did I even finish what I was saying? Yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna be her wingman, Gray. Okay. Well, I guess what I was saying is, you know, I'm totally happy to just bring up the idea that you know maybe he should start dating. I wasn't gonna say your name specifically, but oh, I mean, I could if if. You're... Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's really. It's so. Oh my god! 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 O
I mean, Karen, I think you might be in love. Me? Yes. I no. see it in your eyes. You have little red hearts where your black pupils should be. I'm not in love. You wouldn't know love if it hit you between the eyes. I'm not in love. You could Peppy Le Pew, Scott. Just constantly throw yourself at him and be in his eye line. Oh, oh, you know, we had that in Australia, but he was called Juju the Polecat Pussy. Oh, that's so cool. And and it was where a skunk who is a totally different species is trying to um, uh, bed down with, yeah, a with cat. A, with a, oh, uh, well, in Australia, he was actually trying to do it with a wallaby. Oh, is that right? Well, what's a wallaby? Oh, it's basically a cat. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Um, have you? Speaking of Kylie Minogue, she's Australian. I know. Hallie, we don't talk about her because she's basically uh, the, worst Christ- the worst kind of Christian, which is someone who's not a Christian. Oh, is that right? Yeah. How's, great. How's my Australian accent? Laser disc. Oh. Specializing. Gum tree. How am I doing? That's good. Sorry, I've been watching so much Whose Line Is It Anyway. They, they really love to do the accents. Oh, that is, they, you know, that is really good. It, I mean, it's good in what I would consider like kind of a, you know, cheap comedy way. And, I, I you know, I'm kind of doing it. Oh. But, you know, I, I do think it's funny to, you know, make fun of fun of the accent. But, you know, if if Ryan Stiles did it, I probably would laugh, I guess is what I'm saying. But it's still a bit Have cheap. you tried doing an American accent before? Oh, yeah, I can do an American accent. Um, okay. Like from where? Oh, anywhere. Whatever's easiest. Ooh. I mean, I can do like Boston, like, hey guys, I'm from Boston, let's go to a game. And I could do like from Florida, like, oh, Orlando, let's go to the, um, Mickey Mouse. Uh, or like California, like, hey dudes, let's go out and surf on the waves and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, Americans are pretty much, it's probably it's one easy. of the easiest. Like, um, yeah, you know. Dang, I was going to make a joke about you doing cheap comedy, but those were incredible. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Arkansas, don't let them go to school and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I just think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. I try to do it. I think all you have to do to be Australian is turn your O's into O's and just say please and go up at the end of everything like you would say I need Scott in my life please and and um like uh, I feel like I'm there yeah and instead of saying no you say noy like that it's real easy I don't know Hallie well it's been so fun to connect with you Karen and I really hope that you know it works out with all the matches that you're making here at the church and and you know may- maybe you. even Scott thank you so much for having me well it is starting to rain outside so you know what that means uh, no Someone's about to get into a little car accident outside. Uh, I need a ride home. Oh, oh did, you, did you cut some brakes? I did. I did a little snip, a little haircut on any brakes. any idea? Okay, can you give us a hint as to who? Um, let's just say he moves like Ryan Styles, but looks nothing like him. Karen Kitchens was played by Erin Keefe. Check out her fantastic podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle, and follow her at Erin Keefe 10. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.